0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here recording in the heart of Monday Nighter. Uh, the 49ers just had like a 17-play drive and punched one in on the Rams. So we're, we're anxiously watching here as we got a couple matchups on the line of the Monday night. But uh, we're recording here for our Wednesday, November 17th episode. Uh, that's number twenty-eight, week ten recap, and our prep- preparation for week number eleven. Uh, before we get her started here, same as usual, say hello to the fellas and see how they're doing. Uh, the boys are proudly rocking their Movember for uh, <laughs> for our month here, and uh, I can proudly say that I'm in last place for for, but i may maybe a A for effort here. But we'll <laughs> toss it over to Mister Mustache there with that with the handlebars, Armin. How we doing?
1: Oh, pretty good. You know, with uh, with my glasses, I look like I'm straight out of the 70s or 80s right now. uh, Rocking the whole dad look. Yeah, you know, doing pretty good. Been watching football and enjoying the time not having to coach anymore. Getting caught up on a few things back at the home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And
2: Zach, uh, what's been keeping you busy here? You know, not not a whole not a whole lot's been keeping me busy. I I took the an extra day off on the Monday to back it with that four day weekend that on we had. Monday. So it was it was nice. Got out, did some Christmas shopping, slept in a little bit. It was a heck of a day. And I got to say, Armand, you better have like emergency contacts on speed dial. With those glasses, you look very dangerous to be around children right now. <laughs> I would. Uh, <laughs> I would make sure you have contacts lined up that can vote for your wearabouts at all times.
0: Walk with a pop collar for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you took Casey, okay, so you had a week off of being sick. You yep. worked, worked two days with a PD Three days. day. Three, yep. Oh yeah. There you go. PD day, two days. And then you yep. took like six days off. Took five days off. Life's life's heart. Oh my goodness. A pick. Is it for six? It's a, uh... Pick six. Oh my goodness. Rounds. I can only
2: imagine next week having a full five days. I'm just going to die on the hey. way home on Friday.
0: It's an inch, <laughs> inching closer to the Christmas break. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We're my, um, my in-laws and uh, brother-in-law and his uh, new fiance. They went on a trip, this little break, they ended up going to Toronto. So uh, myself and my fiance were the leftovers sitting here at home doing really not a whole heck of a lot. So we ended up deciding to uh go over to the in-laws. They've been wanting to paint and redo their bathroom for quite some time here. So while they were away, we decided to surprise them and redo their uh redo their bathroom. So my break was one day of watching Friday night lights, uh finish season two on Thursday the whole season, and then went and absolutely hammered out that bath in the next three days. But but uh refing lots, enjoying lots of football, and well, now I gotta work this full week coming up here and I don't know what's going to happen. So it's, it's going to be a tough go, that's for sure. But that's all right. We're here to talk some football and I, uh, I'm not going to complain with that. So uh, we'll get her started here with our insiders and headliners. And uh, man, we were, we, had, we had a good chat about this one in the group chat, the very first one. Uh, let's start off on a positive note and then we'll start talking about some of these injuries here. Jacoby Myers finally gets his first career touchdown and if you watched the game, you would have seen a completely empty New England Patriots sidelines. Maybe we'll uh, we'll let Zach walk through this one here as our resident uh, New England <laughs> Patriots fan.
2: It was it was a sight to see, that's for sure. Um, when they were when they were dealing the ball like they were, I thought maybe maybe today's maybe today is the day for Jacoby, and and sure enough, late in the fourth. Just a little out on the, about the 15-yard line, he uh, was able to shake the defender and he sprinted in. And uh, I was well, two feet from joining him, jumping through my TV and <laughs> celebrating with the boys in the end zone. The dog was terrified. The wife was confused as to what was going on, and there I was celebrating. I think everybody else a, was equally a meaningless fourth-quarter touchdown.
0: Yeah, from Brian Hoyer.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, it's your QB1 Brian Hoyer for at least your fourth quarter action after you guys finished pumping their eyes shut. That was, oh boy, tough day to be a Cleveland fan, I'll tell you that much. But um, yeah, that's uh we were talking about it and I was watching it live and I'm like, holy man, there is a lot of guys coming to that end zone to celebrate. Oh man, there is a lot of guys coming. And then they panned over to the sidelines after you sent that screenshot. I was like, yeah, there was not a single soul left on that sideline. But obviously, talk sure. about the character and how much those guys
2: like him uh, on that team for sure. Yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, in the days since that, since he scored the touchdown, uh, having the players do their Monday press conferences or even their post game press conferences, a lot of guys circled back and uh, and and talked about that. And everybody mentioned how um, how good of a person Jacoby is. and, And how, I don't know, how patient and how deserving he's been. So definitely a a well-liked member of that team. And and somebody that, considering it's a younger squad, might have a C on his jersey in a year or two, possibly. I don't know if that's uh, Belichick's speed or not giving a a captain C to a skilled player. But I could see that happening, knowing now what we do about how well he's liked in the locker
0: room. And look at that team, man! With a pretty substantial positive record now, everybody's willing to write them off pretty early in the year. I uh, I heard on other podcasts they're talking about this. What would happen if it was Bill Belichick and the Patriots versus Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl? What would Zach Strong do?
2: <laughs> oh, I uh, I'm gonna remortgage my house and we're going. I don't know where it is this year, but we're going.
0: Yeah, that would um I will. who would you be cheering for? I guess it would be a major, major question.
2: Oh. That's, that's an easy one. You got to cheer for the team, not the player. I think like I think you'd you would wear a uh, you wish... wear a
0: Tom Brady Pats jersey though. Best of both worlds.
2: No, not not even. You got to oh, be wearing no. I'm wearing my lucky red Patriots sweater that's two sizes too big.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you buy a Jacoby Myers me. jersey for that occasion.
2: <laughs> yeah. He'll get his show first playoff my, touchdown in the Super
0: Bowl or something. He'll open my
2: Mac Jones <laughs> jersey t-shirt.
1: Yeah, in Mac you
0: trust. Yeah. Um, we'll transition here a little bit from uh, some of the positive fun news into some of the little bit more unfortunate news here. Uh, This one was kind of the timing was a little bit weird, but we talked about the potential signing for OBJ on last week's episode. Uh, Then he comes out. Who's he going to sign with? There's a lot of names thrown around, and he ends up signing with the Rams. And in all the hoopla, um, Robert Woods sustains this pretty significant knee injury. Um, what at at first thought it was a tweak of some sort, practiced again on Friday, and uh, the test came back that he had torn his ACL. So the OBJ signing at first I think was a little bit of a head scratcher to some, and now uh, is looking like a, a pretty substantial or significant signing to uh, keep pushing the Rams towards the potential Super Bowl as well, as they're one of the favorites, but. I mean, as we're watching the Monday night right now, they're down 14 Ripped San Francisco, which I don't think too many people anticipated. But um, is I guess at first it's a tough loss losing Robert Woods, who was starting to increase his target share a little bit in that offense. But now uh, are we expecting OBJ to step into that role a little bit more? Are we expecting him to demand targets? Is he somebody that we are targeting and want in fantasy? Or is he going to be... Uh, somebody kind of on the sidelines that's going to continue to be the Cooper Cup show. I think is uh is a question a lot of people are asking. Guess I, I think
2: we we can. I think we can all assume that regardless of the injury, <laughs> OBJ was going to be demanding targets. Um, but you know, with the injury to Robert Robert Woods and uh, now that now that two spot there and the receiver depth chart being open, um, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, if OBJ did step in. But in that same breath, look for Van Jefferson, somebody that's been there now for a season and a half and has a rapport with the coaching staff and with Stafford to maybe be a cheaper alternative if you're looking to, to buy one of the receivers on that team. I think right now you might be hard-pressed to get good value for Beckham. Um, and I think Jefferson would be a cheaper, a cheaper option that might have... A, a longer uh a longer staying time especially in a dynasty setting
0: i'm a i'm a win now team in, in the dynasty league that all three of us are playing in in that uh, uh best ball league and obj's up for sale and i had sent out an offer for um my first and a third uh next season for obj and then a, a young prospect just trying to put my team above the edge to try and win now and that got declined pretty quick, so I, I think the uh, the value is quite fluctuating. I think people are kind of on the wait and see train if it's going to pan out. People are trying to sell high, or buy low. You know, it's kind of a, a weird time right now, but I don't mind that advice. He's so talking about obviously Van Jefferson, the significantly cheaper option. If you're in a redraft league, he, he's probably available on I would say seventy percent of the waiver wires at this <laughs> point. So definitely yeah. a cheaper alternative for sure.
1: With what you said about the value fluctuating all over the place, it doesn't hurt then to kind of knock on the on the door of the owner of OBJ just to kind of see where he's valuing him at, right? You might find yourself knocking on the door of someone who, who doesn't value him at nearly as high or trying to sell him just to get rid of him, right?
0: Right Definitely, now, so. It's some sort of return of value, at least.
1: Yeah, so it's worth kicking the tires, at least. But you might find yourself with a guy who wants a lot for him or – you might get lucky and find yourself with someone who uh, who's just trying to get rid of him. For sure, uh, here's a
0: here's a tough one, uh, especially if you drafted him. His his numbers have been up and down this season, but he definitely cost you to do that first round, uh, maybe the early second round if you were lucky. Uh, price tag: uh, Aaron Jones sustained a knee injury. It did look pretty serious at the time. Um, the reports right away said it's an MCL sprain. Uh, they're not sure if it's going to be substantial or not. Uh, the results so far have shown that it's going to be about a one to two week, depending on um, depending on his recovery. They have yet to put him on the IR, which would designate him for at least three weeks. So it's something to definitely monitor at this point. But Aaron Jones is going to miss time. That means A.J. Dillon time to step up to the plate and show what he's oh, yeah. made up with. Yeah, I knew Armin's going to like this one. This He's been pumping his tires all year. And, uh, man, did he uh, take advantage of his opportunity in that uh, really weird game against the Seahawks? I know this is
1: uh, Armin's, Armin's moment of fame here. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he he's looking good catching the ball. His efficiency wasn't quite what he's been all season in that game. But uh, you know what? Uh, I think Aaron Jones gone one to two weeks, but I think your your ability to start Dylan could probably be um one or two maybe three weeks after that because Green Bay has kind of shown that they trust that that backup in the past they trust AJ Dillon and when uh they had Jamal Williams um usually when Aaron Jones came back from those few injuries that he had throughout the years of Jamal Williams they used him back in and you still saw the the backup guy taking a large percentage of the snaps so, I think Dylan is definitely worth worth having on your roster and using for a bit, or, or try and sell him high and sell him for for a bigger name, somebody that you can
0: utilize throughout the entire season. But I definitely yeah. think like he's going to be almost an auto lock start for the next two weeks. But yeah, you might be able to plug him in your roster this week and sell high, or even sell off that. That uh, two touchdown, 127 yards or whatever it was, he had this past week. So,
1: yeah, he could push some guys into the postseason, probably. Yeah, and for other guys, it might be you're looking ahead to the postseason and you you sell them before postseason hits here to team trying to get in, and you get someone for that you'll benefit having in the postseason
0: for sure. A um, couple small pieces here. Uh, Cordell Patterson had become a pretty substantial piece for for teams so far this season um he's gonna be uh he hasn't it is not guaranteed uh he does have a a, a mid ankle sprain here um they're the early game they're the thursday nighter this upcoming week i can't imagine he's gonna be playing um he's in it's in question but i would highly anticipate he's not gonna play so if you're a cordero patterson owner you're gonna have to start making some uh contingency plans moving up for this upcoming week um steelers uh, obviously, Big Ben missed us last week due to COVID, and uh, I'm sorry if you watched that game at all. Uh, I'm a Lions fan, and it was painful to watch that entire thing, even though we finally didn't lose this week. But um, Mason Rudolph is not the answer, but that's, <laughs> that's a guarantee. But So hopefully Big Ben is back and ready to go this uh, this upcoming week. And um, if not, we'll wait and see if uh, what's going to happen to Steelers. But continuing on that, I know Fitzpatrick, maybe for playing in a, in a Devy league, but – um, Fitz, uh, or sorry, IDP League, sorry. Um, Fitzpatrick has now tested positive, so he's gonna be missing time. So it's gonna be something to monitor because maybe there is it's going around the team a little bit now. That's a couple of players that have tested positive, so we'll definitely have to pay attention to that moving into the week to see if any other uh, skill position players potentially test positive as it's going through the locker room. And then uh, our last piece of news here too: tight end Dallas Goddard of the uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles has entered the concussion protocol due to a hit. Uh, sustain in the Sunday game. Uh, so he uh, is definitely going to be somebody to monitor as we're progressing into the week. If, uh, he, if he's your tight end, you might also have to make a contingency plan potentially moving forward into that, uh, into this upcoming week as well too. So uh, definitely something to monitor as we're entering the week, but uh, we'll finish up the weekly recap here with our studs and duds. Uh, I'm going to hit mine nice and quick. Uh, he is a guy that I proudly own in the dynasty league. Uh after last week's performance, I uh, needed to have a bounce back in a hurry because uh, it was pretty gross. But a wide receiver from the Dallas Cowboys, CD Lamb, definitely got, got right game uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, that wasn't much of a game if you watch that one. They really poured it on. He got uh, 25.6 points in half point PPR scoring, six receptions, 94 yards, and two TDs. Uh, he also ended up having 12 yards of rushing and left this game actually early with an arm contusion. So um, even 25.6, he could have came back and, and poured it on a little bit more, but with the game significantly out of reach, I think it was uh, really unnecessary. But this week, uh, I was very happy to start CeeDee Lamb in, in a handful of leagues, and definitely looking forward to uh, his production moving forward with this offense. So CeeDee Lamb is my stud of the week. Uh, Zach?
2: righty. <clears throat> my stud of the week is... Uh, Darrell Williams running back for the chiefs uh yesterday against the Las Vegas Raiders he put up just shy of 25 half point PPR points uh 43 rushing yards nine receptions 101 receiving yards and one touchdown just like Armin's been talking about AJ Dillon possibly surplanting um Aaron Jones, I'm quite curious to see what happens once uh, CEH is able to return in that backfield. Um, This morning, I came across an interesting tweet um, that made a few good points. Uh, Never in the year and a half that CEH has played has he had more than 80 receiving yards. Never has he had more than uh, eight receptions, eight or more receptions never has he had more than 14 PPR points in three consecutive games and never has he had a game exceed 25 PPR points. You know, you take all that into consideration and you you can see one running back that's flourishing in that, in that offense and another highly drafted running back in that offense that isn't quite living up to, uh, expectations. So, It'll be interesting to see what happens next week and and into the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna piggyback on what you had to say there. <laughs> maybe in a later segment, I'll I'll uh, maybe give a, four, a little foreshadow for that one there too. But unfortunately for my one of my my guys this uh, this year, that's uh, some tough tough pill to swallow with with definitely the the numbers he's been producing here. So, uh, Armand, your uh, your stud of the week.
1: All right, so I wanted to do A.J. Dillon here, but I decided to go Ramondre Stevenson for this one, Um, partly because I do kind of want to hear Zach's opinion on the backfield and the Patriots' (laughs) backfield here now, um, with Stevenson putting up 26.4 half-point PPR points on 20 carries for a nice round number of 100 yards, making it a nice even five yards per carry and two touchdowns, and then he caught four passes for 14 yards um he looked good he looked explosive he was running through piles um Zach do you think uh Stevenson is going to supplant Harris here? Or is Harris going to come back to his workload uh when he comes off concussion protocol here
2: <laughs> that's a that's a good question uh I was wondering that myself yesterday um if I if I had to put some money down I would say it's it's still Harris's job to lose we saw early on in the season Stevenson had a fumble and I was curious if we would see him again until next season he's on the inactive
0: um, roster for a while there yeah he's yeah. missed a
2: number of games um Belichick has shown time and time again he does not have time for rookie running backs especially rookie running backs that fumble the ball um you know a kudos to Stevenson given the opportunity he's come back and he's showing them what he's capable of doing the past couple of weeks. Um, but then you you contrast him being benched to Damian Harris having ball control issues early on in the season, and Bill having faith in, in Harris and not putting him on the bench, not having him as a healthy scratch. I think uh, the offense, the coaches there, Josh McDaniels have a lot of faith in damien harris so i think it's it's his job to lose now if he struggles and stevenson keeps it up then you know that's that's for down the road but at right now i think it's it's harris's job to lose
0: i can definitely see a world where they're going to eat into each other a little bit you know like i i can't see even if harris comes back and keeps putting up solid numbers i can't see a world where stevenson just goes away now you know like i i it speculations you know maybe ends up stevenson just becomes a goal line guy which but for fantasy is never a good thing either when you're eating into a, a running back that doesn't have a lot of pass work so that's definitely a situation that i'm going to be monitoring in in the days to come here especially yeah. especially coming up with when harris is healthy like you said worth mentioning too as we're watching this game daryl uh our uh, daryl henderson is now being evaluated for a concussion so that's something we're going to monitor through the remainder of the day my Monday miracle, I mean, you never want to hope for an injury by any means, but my Monday miracle hinged on Daryl Henderson not doing well in quite a few leagues. So that's something that I'll be monitoring quite closely as we progress throughout this episode. And we'll we'll keep you guys in the uh, in the loop here. So um,
1: uh, well, before we move on to the duds, I had a quick story about Stevenson here. Uh, Jordan, you probably saw it on our group chat for the, the school league. eh? It's so uh, greasy, but I mean, yeah. he
0: does it every year.
1: Yeah, yeah. It got me really good. All week I was watching Stevenson. I own Harrison that league. And I I picked up Jordan Howard to start and I didn't want to drop him because I knew he was gonna play, but I was watching Stevenson all week to see if he would be be healthy. And a coworker of ours picks picks up Stevenson and holds on to him and then drops him on Saturday before he's ruled healthy. So then he's on waivers. I go to make the waiver claim. Look at when it will be processed, not till Monday. <laughs> then
0: the classic block.
1: Yeah. Successfully block Stevenson and one other player. Who was it? Uh,
0: uh Collins. Uh, Alex Collins.
1: Oh yeah, Alex Collins. Which so f- for those of you that are
0: you. for those of you that are unfamiliar with this tactic, it's called the blocking tactic, where you you don't pick up a kicker or a defense until first thing Sunday morning. And you pick up Key backups or possible injury injury guys type of situation, and you hold on to them, hold on to them, and then you drop them Sunday morning, so that way they have to clear waivers, so nobody else can pick them up. So that way they know your opponent can all, can't play them against you, and you just pick up the next available defense and tight ends. It's called a, it's a blocking tactic. Uh, it's come quite popular in in the St. Mary League, and unfortunately uh, Armin was on the uh, on the back on the back side of it, but.
1: I think I'm still gonna win because I'm playing Henderson and or against his Henderson and Mitchell tonight. And if Henderson's out, then I should have the win because I'm up forty three points going Mitchell's, into
0: tonight. Mitchell's pounding the ball right now. But uh this'll work perfect. In entering into our duds of the weeks, mine this one hurts my soul because it's one of my guys, but um TJ TJ Hawkinson, my goodness. Um he put up a goose, which is not what you want for a highly drafted uh, tight end and somebody that was flourishing early in the season. And I mean, goose they, as a tight end, those goose eggs, they happen. And they're not awesome, but they do happen. What's really discouraging is the one target he received in five quarters of football. Uh, that game went to overtime and it went the entire distance and uh, he received one egregious target. Like it wasn't even close to him. Uh, to the point where he probably could have been considered a non-targets, but um, that's that's not what you want to see. Uh, the the issue with him now is um, him and there's other tight ends that this applies to too. Well, there's no other weapons like you're looking at Kyle Pitts now too in that Atlanta offense. He's getting the best cover guys against him now, and they're doubling him. They're running that bracket one over top and good cover guy underneath now you're starting to see that similar situation now with Hawkinson in Detroit because they don't have the offensive weapons so they're just running this bracket over top of the because Hawkinson is their key player um so it's difficult to see um hopefully maybe this new addition of Josh Reynolds is going to help out the lines a little bit spread it out Uh, it's a hope and a prayer (laughs) maybe we'll get a W I don't know and we're, we're riding a hot streak here two weeks in a row we haven't lost but uh Oh man, it's tough. And when you, uh, like Hawkinson was probably around that fourth, fifth round, maybe you got lucky, you got him in the sixth. So, I mean, it's still a pretty key position where you could have got a good fifth round receiver uh, and for your tight end to put up a zero. Like you're not going to bench Hawkinson, but uh, getting a goose is never what you want. So my dead of the week is unfortunately one of my Detroit Lions there, uh, TJ Hawkinson. How much did you celebrate a tie though, man? That, there is no celebration happening in any sort of fashion in that <laughs> game. You know, at one point, when he was kicking that that field goal in overtime, I'm like, oh, my God. We can do it. And then, like, first of all, I thought I was going to hit the guard in the head. Then it actually <laughs> got up there, and it was, like, 20 yards short. I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? And then Rudolph almost throws the pick on, like, the 20 or 30-yard line there, but our, he drops it. Like, literally, falls right through his whole body on, like, this game. <laughs> and then they're marching the field. Boswell should be able to kick an easy game-winning field goal. And then, and then Friar Muth fumbles. I was like, yeah, this game is just bad it was a gross bad. overtime yeah it was bad all around i saw you had um, the
2: full the full water boy rob schneider we <laughs> suck again experience yeah. <laughs> i saw i saw
0: the one um the one meme it was the uh finding nemo the the pelicans when it's like it had like the logos of the pittsburgh and detroit, and detroit logos and like uh trying to steal the l from another team They're like mine 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 <laughs> oh man <laughs> Unbelievable, but yeah, that was uh, I watched it all as a diehard fan, but I wish I didn't to be honest. But oh <laughs> well, uh, Zach, you're done of the week,
2: all right? So, this is somebody that I don't think many people would have had in their starting lineup, perhaps in in very deep leagues. But uh, Sammy Watkins put up quite the stinker uh, on Thursday night. Uh, he had one reception for seven yards, uh, but he lost. Uh, He lost the ball. He fumbled the ball on that reception. So he was able to um, compile negative 1.3 yards on the day. And the reason I brought up Sammy Watkins isn't so much as to be like, oh, shoot, we got burned starting Sammy Watkins. But to highlight that I think this more than likely solidifies Rashad Bateman's spot in that offense as the number two receiver and the number three target on that team. Rashad Bateman over the past three games has had, let's see here, uh, six targets, eight targets, and eight targets on Thursday. And he's had 80 yards, 52 yards, and 80 yards again. So he's been he, was putting start,
0: up, he was your start of the week, too, and you had himself a nice little week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's been having top. himself good uh, – you know three solid weeks in a row for a rookie receiver, and I think this is him turning the corner now, and I would not be surprised if he finished the season on a high note as a viable week in, week out starter, even in a low passing offense.
0: Yeah, I um I tried targeting him in Dynasty. Didn't go well. Uh, it was it was a tall order, tall tall task. But I wanted to hit it before the breakout. But uh, definitely, people in the redraft, this is somebody that you should be most definitely targeting before the uh, before the breakout. If, if you don't consider this a breakout at this point, because I think that's somebody that can definitely uh, maybe cost you on the cheaper side, and definitely can uh, lift you some to some wins coming up here uh, down the stretch. Uh, Armand same team but different situation you're uh, your duds of the week
1: all right i ranted about this a little bit on our group chat uh, and it is the ravens rbs and i don't know i just tyson williams must have done something real bad because for him to still be sitting after what those rbs have been doing i don't know like they they look slow you watch them on the uh on the run option plays that they run with Lamar and the end that Lamar is reading, he, he, he reads at the end, staying on, on him. So he gives the ball to the RB and then that end is still able to make the play on the RB. Like that shouldn't be happening. You know, like the guy shouldn't be able to honor Lamar and then make the tackle, um, catching the RB one yard upfield So it's just, it's, it coming from a team that last year or even the year before you could, you could play almost two RBs on that team and be good to go. Um, now you can't even start any of them. It's uh, it's looking pretty sad. And to Zach's point of a run first team, they're looking more like a pass first team this year.
0: Hey Armin, tell me more how you really feel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it was so
0: funny. I was painting the bathroom, and he was absolutely going off about this nonsense. And we're we're. Adding a little fuel to the fire, and Armand was just getting hot about Tyson Williams. Oh, it was good. It was good stuff.
1: Oh, wow, yeah he he still has uh he has just the same amount of carries as Bell, but double the yardage. Like, why are you still playing Bell? Yeah,
0: they uh man that that Thursday night game was just not great altogether. We'll we'll talk about it a little bit here in our player profile, (laughs) but man, was that Thursday night just not (laughs) enjoyable. It was a day off, no work. I Thought I was like, oh man, perfect Thursday night, we'll watch some football. Oh, might as well just watch some Friday Night Lights or something instead, because I probably got more entertainment out of that. Anyhow, we'll continue on the merry way here, and uh, continuing on your merry way, you might as well find yourself down on uh, find yourself down in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. There, down at Limitless Gear. Uh, They've got uh, an updated, I don't know if you've seen it there, the, um, oh man, I forget what it's called now, the actual name of it, but uh, Gateway to the North hoodie, I think they called it like that, or Bridges to the North. It's a combination of their Limitless Gear logo with the the Prince Albert Bridge, and it's one of my favorites. I got to get my hands on it. It was sold out when I went down there, but they got it back in stock, so if you haven't got down there, uh, find yourself down there and get uh, Christmas shopping ideas. They got some gift cards. They even are introducing now e-gift cards, so uh, electronic gift cards that you can use with uh, little codes be able to purchase online. They ship across, I can't remember if it's across Canada altogether, if it's across Saskatchewan. Uh, Anything over $100, you get free shipping, so uh, you don't even need to find yourself in Prince Albert if you don't want to. You can do that shopping all online, so Limitless Gear, uh, if you don't own it already, get it on your Christmas wish list. Uh, or find yourself down in Prince Albert and, uh, and stock up on the gear a Brown about bettering yourself and believing the possibilities are endless. You set your mind to it, limitless gear. And uh, if possibilities are endless, uh, I would not believe the result that we had in our Canadian player profile of last week. This uh, if you watch this game, well, first of all, did you guys happen to watch that game at all? That uh, chargers uh, Minnesota game. I know Armin probably did as a Minnesota <laughs> fan, but like <laughs> how many times did cook get stuffed on the one yard line? I think he had six carries within the five yard line. And I think he yeah. scored one. I, I honestly don't even know if that was within the five yard line when he carried that, but it was, I thought yeah. this was going to be an absolute lock. Um, recapping a little bit here last week, we did, um, we did uh, Christian Covington defensive end from the chargers and, um, the, Oh, hold on. We just got an update about, uh, Henderson. Oh, he's returned to the game. Henderson's back, so obviously no concussion there. Um, last week we did Christian Covington, and we're, we're focused on Dalvin Cook to uh, pass his career or career right? his season high of nineteen point three points. So we needed him to get nineteen point four. I should maybe take a quick peek here and see if there is a stat correction because, uh, believe it or not, he tied his season high of nineteen point three. So unfortunately. Zach and I bought and Armin sold, uh, so Armin gets the extra points on that one. Uh, so he, the standings are sit sitting still at seven to five to two. So Armin is slowly creeping back up and trying to surpass and take the lead. Um, this week for week number eleven of the Canadian player profile, uh, we're gonna be focusing on the offensive guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Uh, was born on February 11th, 1991 in Mont St. Hilaire. Um, he was he's six foot five and 321 pounds. He started playing an interesting fact, he started playing football at age 14 until his family did a year long sailing trip to the Bahamas. Uh, so he took a year off of football when he was young and then returned back to the game of football at age 16 after his family uh, family trip, uh, concluding his high school career attended McGill University from 2010 to 2013. Um, In his senior year, he won the most outstanding lineman in CIS and an All-Canadian and he received the All-Canadian for the second consecutive season. Uh, Finishing out his college uh, rankings in 2014, entering the CFL draft, he was ranked the number one prospect for the draft, but was drafted a third round Uh, 19th overall to calgary because of concerns of the nfl prospects um in the 2014 nfl draft he was drafted in the sixth round 200th overall to the kansas city chiefs uh where he played for them until he was traded this upcoming season or this season sorry to the new york jets um in 2018 he graduated from mcgill university uh the faculty of medicine with a doctor of medicine and master of surgery in 2019, he won the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then this past season in 2020, he abstained from the season due to COVID concerns and went back to Canada and worked on the front lines as a as a frontline worker with medicine. Um, in 2021, um, he won the uh, Muhammad Ali Humanitarian of the Year Award. And then, like I mentioned, this past uh, partway through the season was traded from the Chiefs to the New York Jets, so now is the offensive guard for the New York Jets. Uh, our question uh, for buy and sell of this week is, buy or sell, will the New York Jets surpass more yards of offense against their Week 11 opponent, the Miami Dolphins, than the Baltimore Ravens did last week against Miami? Uh, they had a total of 304 yards, and they had 210 passing yards, and 94 rushing yards, so will the Jets as a whole pass and rush for at least three hundred and five yards against the Miami Dolphins. We'll uh, we'll start with Armin. Armin, are you going to buy or are you going to sell this one? As well, the person wants is, is,
1: is White starting this game? Is he still starting? The
0: reports said that uh, it was going to become organic, meaning that it's probably <laughs> going to be decided in the in the week of practice.
1: Oh man, uh, I uh, I'm going to sell this one.
0: Don't like the Jets this week, eh? Against Miami.
1: Well, no. You know what? I, I think I put uh my start of the week is Corey Davis. So I I gotta, I'll buy, I'll buy. I'll <laughs> buy. I'll I'll stay consistent throughout this and uh I'll stick to my guns.
0: Zach.
2: Oh geez. Um cool. I am going to I'll sell as well i don't think they quite get there um i do think they have a better stable of running backs than the than the ravens have uh but i don't think their their receivers are quite there yet and if mike white plays like he did uh this past week i really don't like their chances If Mike White plays like he did two weeks ago or rather three weeks ago, then maybe they have a shot. But uh, as it stands right now, I will, I'll sell.
0: With how bad they played this last week, I think they had like 360 some yards of offense, which I was baffled by, but there was a lot of interceptions, a lot of like (laughs) hail Mary's and throwing up prayers and uh a lot of garbage time offense too so I think I'm gonna be with Zach here. I, I think this is going to be an absolute awful football game unfortunately <laughs> we, we're gonna watch this one a little bit just pay attention to the Canadian player profile but uh, I'm gonna sell I think it's I think they'll get close but uh I don't I don't foresee them hitting the 304 mark. I think that Miami's Dolphins defense actually looked pretty darn good. Uh, I don't know if it was just a game plan or what but they had the most safety blitzes and shout out to another Canadian Javen Holland. He had the most safety blitzes since the new or what's it called the new stats or whatever since modern era since the modern era stat tracking yeah. So that's' Canadians uh,
2: breaking records here there you go right.
0: so we'll see maybe uh maybe we'll have the Canadian blitzing on Canadian here we'll see but i' I'm, I'm gonna sell as well. so we got myself and Zach selling again we're giving Armin a chance to catch up. we'll see I guess but uh we'll see what happens for this one. Uh, entering into our weekly preview. Uh, teams on bye week this week are the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, at this point, I think the Rams need, they need a bye week. This uh, this game's running away from them in a hurry, so um, we'll we'll see what happens here. But um, we'll start it off with our starts of the week. But first, we'll get um, we'll get Armin's full stream ahead. Who we uh, who we hitting up this week for your uh, streaming quarterback?
1: All right, my uh, full stream ahead this week is uh, none other than. Justin Fields. He is uh playing Baltimore this week. Um, so I'm suspecting they would probably be in a negative game script, although it could be a good game the way Fields has started playing. He could uh he could maybe make it a bit of a show here and that's that's what you're banking on with this start here. He's owned in only thirty-eight percent of leagues yet on uh on sleeper. I don't know about the other uh apps but uh probably fairly close to that as well um so he'll be a good start for you uh, um if you're in a pinch on a bye week and you need a need a cue and um he's he's a bit of a gamble but if he blows up he could he could win you the the matchup by himself potentially if he blows up
0: yeah yeah he's kind of fluctuating a little bit here so we'll see what ends up happening with uh with that one um little recap here. I think the guys, I think we as a whole, did pretty darn good on our starts and sits of the week here. Like looking at you, Zach, your Rashad Bateman start was good. Your Ayuk sit uh, is to to be determined as we're watching the Monday Nighter here. So far, so good. Yeah, Armand starting up Renfro with a big touchdown. Tennessee backs, yeah, gross. Uh, <laughs> I started James Conner. He got 14 points, not bad. I sat the Packers wide receivers and concerns of Rogers not playing. Rogers came back and all the receivers still stunk. So I think Adams had eleven and then everybody else had a total of nine. So I mean, as a whole, I think we all could say we went six for six. It's I don't think that's happened yet this year. So mm-hmm. let's keep it going here with our starts of the week. Um arm uh, let's go, Zach. Zach, your start of the week. Let's hear it.
2: All right. So I am starting the young uh New York Jets. Receiver, I am starting Elijah Moore against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Xavier Howard, he plays predominantly on the outside at cornerback. So I think having Elijah Moore in the slot will protect him a little bit from that top coverage. Um, Over the past several games, Elijah Moore is averaging 15.3 fantasy points per game and 6.6 targets per game. And he is going against the Miami defense that is 28th in the league in total passing yards. So this looks like a matchup where potentially he could be getting some targets uh, and hopefully those targets translate into production.
0: Yeah, you guys are going back to back here. Armin, (laughs) do you want to just kind of just say, I agree insert name or what are you gonna do here?
1: Yeah, I agree agree except Corey Davis. He's gonna pick up the targets. Actually both could pick up the targets. Um Miami is on paper the better team, so uh New York should be on a pass game script, so they should be passing the ball more than than running it. And uh, uh Corey Davis has been getting a lot of targets and any uh I think he's the guy to to start on that Jets uh wide receiver core, but more is not a bad one either.
0: I think uh I think Armin wanted this one, but uh I, I got in here Yes, and- I
1: very <laughs> much did.
0: <laughs> I got in here and claimed them first. He even put in there stole my guy. I didn't see that until just now. <laughs> um my start of the week is AJ Dillon, running back from the Green Bay Packers. This, uh, if you were fortunate enough to pick him up or or own him prior to the injury, uh, this was a no-brainer. Um, right now, if you uh, if you're going to spend the load on the waiver wire and pick him up, you can put him in your roster with full confidence. Uh, the Green Bay Packers were starting to use him quite a bit more in the passing game uh, as the weeks are progressing here, and now with the backfield by himself, I mean it's we we've talked about him enough at the beginning of the show and against Minnesota this is a this is a game I think that AJ Dillon is going to continue uh to put up some big numbers I think this is going to be an actually a really good football game between Green Bay and Minnesota so this is a game I'll definitely be interested in watching and um I'll be I'll be putting AJ Dillon in my starting lineup with with full confidence in this one so uh AJ Dillon will be my start of the week uh Zach your set of the week I don't know if I agree with this one to be honest (laughs) <laughs> so
2: I am I am going to sit, uh, and hopefully not many of of you are in a position to have to start him. But I am going to sit Cam Newton. Yes, it's a it's a good story, um, having Newton come back, rejoin the team that he spent most of his career with, and have a a nice couple of plays there in the red zone. Uh, get himself. a unsportsmanlike penalty for celebrating too much. Oh, it's a, it's a beautiful story. You love oh, to
1: see that. It. Uh, that uh, celebration. I didn't know whether to like it or to cringe. I, I honestly <laughs> mixed mixed reviews for that on my part.
2: So the reason I'm I'm sitting Newton is all of this fanfare, all of this excitement about. Oh shoot! You know, two possessions, two red zone touchdowns. Watch out cam newton's back they were you know goal to go situations that is where cam newton is his best if you made a highlight package of his 10 best plays last year with the new england patriots you would be seeing the end zone in all of them because they were goal to go situations uh designed qb power runs those were his best plays and then you can piggyback the the fake QB power with like a pop pass um, in goal to go situations. That's that's what Cam does well. But I think if you put him anywhere outside of that red zone area, I think he has the potential to struggle greatly Um, having limited reps with the receivers there in Carolina. And then also going against his former coach, um, I believe Ron Rivera was quoted as saying, "If they start Newton this week against us, I have a folder from my years coaching, uh, coaching him, of ways to stop Newton. This isn't the Newton that won the Super Bowl or that was in the Super Bowl a number of years ago, that won the MVP. This is Cam Newton that managed to put up twelve passing touchdowns last year." Um, don't have high hopes for him I uh, and you know what if he if he uh if he comes out and has a heck of a game uh you know that's, that's good for him um he was nothing but a good soldier for the past last year um so good for him but i would not be holding my breath um hoping for a big game from him i uh
0: i'm not going after him in single q leagues but we're in a we're in a super flex league together, Zach, and I'm going to put a waiver claim in for him. Might do the might do the hold and wait a, a play with him, but we'll uh, we'll see. I think it's definitely here a super flex league. I mean, there's definitely some upside
2: for him. Yeah, um, you know, especially with with quarterbacks like especially Matt Stafford and and Bridgewater on on bye weeks. Matt Ryan, not. Uh, not looking so hot and some of those other quarterbacks struggling right now with injuries. So Newton might be somebody that you look to get a sneaky pop there in on a super flex, but I would really be combing that waiver wire. I would, I'd much prefer a guy like uh, Justin Fields or shoot. uh, You know, it's a bit of a homer here, but Mac Jones has been dealing and he's, he's going against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So if you, if you're in a bind, I think he could do a lot better off the waiver wire than Cam Newton.
0: Especially like you mentioned, especially against Washington and Ron Rivera. The riverboat gambler himself. Yeah. Um, Armin, your set of the week.
1: All right. I am picking on another running back group of Buffalo. Um, I don't think you should start either of their RBs this week. Um, it's hard to know who to trust right now with uh with that RB core, neither showing great efficiency with the ball in their hands and they're not putting up much points. Uh, besides being touchdown dependent, which you can't guarantee every week, right? And uh this last week they were against a weak Jets team and neither of them really, really put up any hay. Right. So uh uh and this week they're gonna be playing against Indiana- Indianapolis and uh that is a much tougher defense. So I'm I'm sitting either either Buffalo RB if I have them. Yeah, uh, two-headed monsters not great.
0: Three-headed monsters even worse. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's it's not even that scary of a monster.
0: Yeah, it's like the tickle monster or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they can't run the ball this year, and they they don't really pass that much to the RBs. Like they do here and there, kind of sprinkle it in, but. uh um so, like teams that have that uh running back by committee you can kind of start those players because they use the rbs in the passing game but buffalo it's all their their receivers really yeah i and... feel
0: i feel bad for anybody that's going and wasting some of their waiver wire on matt breeda after his <laughs> what two touchdown <laughs> performance <I> feel <laughs> bad for you if you're wasting your money but i mean tweet your own let those let them waste their money on them and let us pick up the players that we uh we need to succeed so um this one hurts for me to talk about this player and, and and saying to sit him a little bit. Uh, But it's for a lot of the reasons that Zach mentioned at the top of the show. Um, Clyde Edwards O'Leary is expected to make his return here in week 11 uh, versus Dallas, which in this matchup, you're going to want all the pieces you want. Cause I think this is going to be a really high scoring game. Obviously with a Dallas team that just put up, was it 43 points? I think they put up or 44 points. They put up against Atlanta and uh, obviously the chiefs offense that, seemingly looks back like they just the Mahomes has put up five TDs and 400 yards against uh, <laughs> Vegas so uh if if all arrows point the direction you want all the pieces you can get but for a lot of the reasons Zach mentioned uh I think I'm going to take the weight and hold approach even if he's healthy unless you have to like if you're ha- if you're hands tied and it's like him or Jordan Howard okay well maybe I'm going to take the gamble and play play CEH but um there's there's a lot of hesitancy he just came off of a big injury uh daryl henderson or daryl henderson sorry uh daryl williams is playing really well he's doing a lot of uh, great a lot of great work in the passing game he's doing great work on the ground he's not going to go away so i think he's going to eat into ceh's production a little bit as well too maybe ceh does win the win this rollback but it's definitely not going to be the first week off of an injury and uh off of uh daryl daryl um williams what Back to back to back twenty point productions in fantasy. So, um, unfortunately, even though I do like him and I like his position quite a bit, I, I'm gonna take the uh, wait and hold uh, approach and and just see what we got with Clyde and and hopefully uh, proves me wrong. I'd rather him do well and lose on the or do well, sorry, and put some points up on my bench than him put up two points in my starting lineup if I if I don't need to uh, start him. So, unfortunately, that's just the position I'm in for this week. So. It's it's a tough one, but um, hopefully hopefully he's back. Hopefully plays well, and I can start him in the lineup again um, the following week, I guess. And uh, last but not least, uh, once again, Zach gets another <laughs> big W in our pools picks. I, I picked uh, the Eagles to upset Denver, just like Zach told me, and. Now, Zach has a winning record on his upsets oh. of the week. So, uh, last week he took the Eagles. They beat Denver. Big old bingo there. Uh, now we're looking to Zach's upset for week 11. So, let us uh, I'm all ears,
2: Zach. All righty. I am taking the Seattle Seahawks as two-point underdogs to the almighty Arizona Cardinals. This has more to do with what... Arizona is lacking and less to do with the Seattle Seahawks as a team. Um, There is a good chance that on Sunday, when the Arizona Cardinals take the field, it won't be Kyler Murray at quarterback. It won't be Colt McCoy at quarterback. It might be Chris Strivler at quarterback. And if that name sounds familiar, He was the drunk dude at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Gray Cup Championship Parade with the cowboy hat, and I believe it was a denim jacket celebrating on the top of a bus. Unbelievable. That's your quarterback, Arizona.
1: Hey, Um, that is Canadian royalty right there. He won the (laughs) Gray Cup.
2: Yeah. So, so regal and royal that as soon as he got recognition, he dipped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, Kyler Murray. Uh, has
1: rins- he is what uh, made Pat McAfee uh, look at the CFL a little bit closer and rinsed us a little bit here in Canada.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> like warranted that if that's, if that's the championship QB, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> but then again, you have Tom Brady winning, winning the ship this year and he's, he's tossing the Super Bowl trophy from boat to boat. <laughs> He's being <laughs> propped up by his teammates, getting wasted off that avocado vodka.
0: Yeah, didn't didn't drink enough. Didn't have enough protein beforehand. Just the yeah. lettuce, man.
2: <laughs> so I'm taking the the Seahawks because we don't know if Murray's going to play. He missed his second game on Sunday with an ankle injury. And I believe not this week, but the week after this week, the Cardinals had the bye. So they, they're in a really good spot right now in the playoffs. They might choose to just give him that extra week off so that he has the bye to recoup. Um, I have no idea if that's the case, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if that, if that did happen. And then Colt McCoy had to leave the game. He hurt his peck, I believe. Yep. And they had Stribbler finish the game. If, uh, if that's the starting quarterback... I would hope that the Seattle Seahawks have a chance to to win that game and put uh, Strivler in a few tough spots um, going forward. Every game is a must win for the Seahawks right now at uh, three and six if they hope to to make the playoffs. And I think it starts starts here on Sunday against a divisional opponent. I don't know.
0: I watched that Seattle game. I don't know if it was just the weather or what it was, but like, do you think Russell Wilson just came back too early? Like he did not look very good or is it just rusty? I think.
2: So I didn't get to watch the the whole game, but the parts that I did see, he was looking pretty rusty. It wasn't pretty um, (laughs) Sunday morning. They had that ridiculous report that he was like rehabbing like 17 hours a day, um, trying to come back from a, a hurt finger um I don't know if that's the case or not but I do know that that Russ takes his health quite seriously so I'm sure whatever he was doing was um you know the best for his body and I'm sure he he wouldn't have rushed himself back too too soon yeah
0: it's more but just the production and then DK I mean, yeah, DK kinda, might
2: have a sore finger now.
0: Yeah. You see, you see what he said after why he got, why he got ejected. I got ejected because I'm tired of losing. It's like, well, no, that's not why you got ejected. Maybe that's why you did what you that's did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. But yeah, things aren't, things aren't going in the right direction for Seattle. So hopefully, hopefully you bounce back. And once again, pools picks are coming up. I'll take Seattle here, Zach. I'm not even going to box it. I'm just going to go straight Seattle. we're gonna keep you going here on the uh, winning train let's get it anything to add here fellas before we wrap up episode number 28
2: yeah one thing before we we send off here it was a really big weekend for football in the province of saskatchewan this weekend there was the 6a provincial game uh between miller and holy cross um from what I heard, it was a really hard-fought game by both teams. 24-21 final, I think, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was a competitive game. And, and we haven't always seen that with uh, Saskatoon and Regina in those games. Quite often, Regina's kind of, in the past, at least, boat raced the Saskatoon team. So it was good to see a, a hard-fought competitive game. Um, the, the Huskies were able to pull off a pretty resounding victory uh, the other night. Uh, booking their ticket to the Hardy Cup. And then I at least was was quite happy to see um, the Saskatoon Hilltops get a little bit of revenge against the Thunder uh, in the PFC final. So big week of football for the province of Saskatchewan yeah. and for at least two out of the three games, big games for the city of Saskatoon.
0: Yeah, that's um man, I want. I was hoping to see the Thunder uh keep the undefeated streak alive there. But I know definitely you, Zach, you with your coaching staff and the and your boys at Hardy there was uh a much needed Hilltops W. But yeah, I, 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 man, I dropped the ball. That was a it was a big big week. And then obviously the there's a one A final, the two A final, there was the five A final. I know Wayburn won the five A final. If I remember correctly, I think it was Hafford won the two A final, and then the one A final was Oh shoot! It's escaping me. I can't remember. Anyways,
2: yeah, I'm not too sure. Yeah, it's but funny it was... that you mentioned that uh, the Weyburn game in the five A. They they boat race Grenfell. It was holy smokes! It was it was like forty forty one. Nothing. I think it was. They took him to school.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh. What well, what well, it was Weyburn that uh, BJM lost to, correct?
2: I'm not too sure how that went um uh, but i, I do know three
0: to six or something if i remember correctly like it wasn't very close either
2: yeah they were they're definitely a class of their own
0: yeah big big year big year for them matt what are we going to do here with no football like the place the riders won too so i think they clinched themselves uh oh yeah. A <laughs> yeah playoff game <laughs> another like, big game there yeah lots of saskatchewan football so hopefully have some more awesome news i guess for saskatchewan football to report on the next week's episode. Um, that'll do it for episode 28 thank you very much for listening everybody um hopefully the week uh week 10 monday night matchup worked out for your favor uh we got week 11 coming up here right away so hopefully uh hopefully a little bit of this episode is going to help you out in your week 11 matchups some key matchups here for everybody with uh the playoff push everybody trying to get into the playoffs so best of luck to you here in week number 11 thank you very much for listening to this episode thank you very much for your um your patronage on our social medias and all all those extras that stuff that we are putting out we definitely appreciate that so thank you very much for everything take care everybody and talk soon enjoy week 11.